Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers Podcast, a podcast about parkrun, hosted by two people who love parkrun adventuring. My name is Scott. I'm joined by Mel. Howdy, parkrunners. Mel, what is a parkrun adventure? A parkrun adventure is pretty much any experience that you have at a parkrun that's a little bit outside of the norm. It's just a great way of having extra fun at parkrun. How did you get involved in parkrun? I started out with parkrun at my home parkrun, Kiwana. I unfortunately missed the very first event that they held in October 2012, but I was there for number two and I haven't looked back. I'm now the event director there. I was also an event director for another local event, Brightwater Parkrun, for a year, which was magic. And I'm also a territory director now here on the Sunshine Coast. So I get to help a lot of other events, mentoring them and helping them launch and find new locations and love it. How about you, Scott? Yep. So you've got the sunny coast covered. I'm based down here in Melbourne. I discovered Parkrun about three years ago. I actually knew about it when it launched here in Albert Park, but because I lived quite a fair way away, I actually never went So it took me about a year to figure, instead of driving an hour, why don't I just start my own parkrun? So I started the Westerfolds Parkrun in the Melbourne suburb of Templestowe. Since then, I've gone on to help Coburg get started. I'm now the event director at Gels and about to be the event director at Studley Parkrun, which is going to launch in suburb of Melbourne called Q. And you can refer to me as the Studley ED from... Oh, and I... Pretty sure that's what everyone already refers to you as, no? No, we've got to wait till February 13 for that to happen. And it might only happen, yeah, it might only happen for one week, but I'm going to milk it <laughs> for all I can. Good job. Yep. So the best time of year in Parkrun, I think, is the Christmas and New Year break. But it's actually And not- would you say that's because you can do more Parkrun, Scott? It is. So it's not a break from parkrun world, it's actually the busiest time of year because we offer, some events offer the Christmas Day parkrun. Of course, Saturday parkrun always goes ahead. Then we get the beauty of doing two parkruns on New Year's Day. How was the experience for you this year? What did you get up to? Oh, well, I had the privilege of being a guest run director at Nambour Parkrun, which is another local parkrun to me. It's 100% trails and um, rumoured to be the most difficult parkrun in Australia. So what better way than to volunteer at the event and not actually have to run it on a hot morning? I got dressed up as a Christmas tree because I was out amongst the trees and everybody had an awesome time, excellent vibe. This nothing like starting your Christmas day with a whole bunch of park runners. Everyone is just so happy. How about you, Scott? Yep, Christmas day was a very different experience for me this year. Previous years, we have done a Christmas day run at Westerfolds. It's been great. And we've got the added challenge that I've got a daughter who, when we started, was five. And I had to explain to her that, you know, her name's Kasha. Um, Sorry, Kasha, we're not going to open the presents first thing in the morning. We're going to get dressed, go down to the park and go for a run. And my tip for prospective parents in that situation is start them at five years old because they don't know any better because now she just considers it part of what she does. So this year we got up to the Early Beach Park Run and it was very hot, but it was a very pretty park run. I think a lot of people will put that on their list of park runs that they want to get to 
And so we ticked it off on Christmas Day, which was a real treat. Absolutely. Airlie Beach. It looks gorgeous up there. Yeah. They've got a funny course. It's a funny course. I mean, it's a beautiful course. It's an out and back. But because of the rules around Park Run where you can't cross driveways or roads, there's actually not quite a two and a half K section of boardwalk and path in Ellie Beach. So we okay. get we get to the turnaround point and there's like a little garden bed and we run around that a couple of times, which works fine. It's just a very different park run experience. What about Boxing Day? Well, Boxing Day and and I have to say actually the following week as well, I was back at Kiwana um, on timekeeper duties because we've been training some new amazing run directors at Kiwana and I like to always give them the benefit of my expertise by volunteering on the first day that they run direct so I was on the timekeeping you would think that somebody who trains people in how to use the stopwatch every week would never mess it up but that is not true I probably 90% of the time have a habit of pressing the stop button when the first runner crosses the finish line fortunately this didn't happen on boxing day or the second of January because I've made the mistake several times. However, I do know how to fix that mistake very well and I can talk anyone through it over the phone without a computer in front of me. So um, chalk that one up to experience. I got to experience Hamilton Island. So I got to do the Whit Sunday double. So on Christmas Ooh. Day. Yeah, so it was I was pretty lucky. So on Christmas Day we caught the ferry across to Hamilton Island because if you're planning to do it, don't catch the ferry across in the morning because you won't get there in time to get it you actually have to go over the day before so i was prepared to make the sacrifice yeah that must have been tough a night on hamilton island yeah Yeah. i can i can see how you'd sacrifice for that Mm. it was it was worth it another beautiful course along the water a bit of a hill i've got to admit you do a two-lap course at hamilton island and if you've ever been hamilton island is a hilly island and you go up one monster hill twice. and at Awesome. Yeah. At 7 o'clock in the morning with humidity that I'm not used to, uh, it was a challenge. How did, you, how did you cope with all that sunshine? Being from Victoria, I'm sure you don't get too many sunny park runs down there, surely. No, we don't. We either get freezing cold or 40-degree heat down in Melbourne. Um, so the constant 32 degrees in humidity was – I didn't adjust in time for Hamilton Island, but I could definitely get used to it. But it is a different okay. challenge, yeah. And you got to run that one with your family as well? I did, yep. So awesome. my wife and daughter got to go around. It was an awesome day. And what did Kajal think of it? Well, she, she's got this badge of honour of because Westerfolds is known as a hilly course. And whenever anybody talks to me or, in fact, talks to my daughter about Westerfolds, they immediately want to talk about the hill. And either why did you put the hill in the course or, oh, yeah, that's a hilly run. So we treat it as a badge of honour. And so Kasha decided to power up the hill. I challenged her if she could run the whole way, and she did. She's a machine. And Fantastic. Mini park run adventurer right there. Yeah, very proud dad. Fun didn't stop there, though, because New Year's Day, we get to do it all again. Twice. If you're lucky enough. Were you lucky enough to do a double on New Year's Day? I was lucky enough. I um, I actually was a little bit spoilt for choice. I could have stayed at home on the Sunshine Coast and run uh, Namble Park Run and Town of Seaside, who were doing the Sunshine Coast's first New Year's Day double in its history. Um, but I've actually got a, a bunch of family who live in Brisbane 
Brisbane and I hadn't got to see much of them over Christmas so I decided to make the trek down to Brisbane and run with my brother and sister-in-law and family from Townsville which was pretty exciting and we did Minipee Park Run followed by Kapalabar and it was great because those two events um, they, they were very well um, attended and I, I think actually the volunteers and the event directors on the day were a bit blown away by the numbers to be honest um, but they the volunteers were amazing it all ran like clockwork and once again the vibe was just so happy so vibrant everyone was just ecstatic to be starting the new year together and yeah we had a great time how about you Scott did you do a double on New Year's Day? I did I got back to Melbourne for New Year's Day double I got to visit Coburg which Coburg is is the suburb itself is not known as being that picturesque, but the Coburg Park Run course is just beautiful. Um, you run down by the lake, you run under some bridges, you pass a sort of a waterfall. So it has got a hill in it. It's got a couple of hills in it. It's quite undulating, but it's a really pretty like park run. Course? Yeah, it's an out and back. As I said, you go under some bridges and you finish on a downhill, which is always good. So you can, you know, finish strong. So I started at Coburg and then we headed across to Maribyrnong, which is, again, a very pretty course along the river that runs through Melbourne and very flat, quite the contrast to Coburg and well attended on New Year's Day, I've got to admit, they had some good numbers and again, the volunteers were awesome, um, everybody managed to get between the two events safely. There was plenty of time to do that and it was good to see so many people at Coburg and then run up again at Maribyrnong for the double. I just have a quick question for you. Did you run at both your events on um, New Year's Day or, or do you, did you find you went a little bit slower for the second one? No, I'm in cruise mode at the moment. There's no PBs coming out of the tricket legs at the moment. So I got to run Maribyrnong with a couple of other great volunteers within the park run world, uh, Carol and Troy, who started Albert Park. And Carol went on to start Singapore She's got another adventure planned, hopefully this year, that we'll be able to talk about later in the year. So that was very exciting. And Troy was running his 50th, I was running my 100th. And I was running with another run director from Coburg, Ashney, who she was also running her 50th. So it was a milestone run for all of us. But we did run the whole way, yes. Oh, well, good for you. I, I have to admit that I ran my fastest time of 2016 at Minipee Park Run, which was the first one we did. However, um, I don't think my laces were tied quite tight enough because I had some blisters at the end of it. So I just took it quite easy at Capalabar and I walked around with my brother, which was also really lovely. So, First time at both courses? First time at both courses, yep. They were, they were really, really beautiful courses. Um, ever since the Park Run AU100 video came out, I've had those two on my list. So I was very happy to be able to tick them off. What an awesome video that is. We might put a link we might put a link to it in our show notes or on our webpage just to remind people of what a fantastic video sounds like it was. A, sounds like a plan. And I mean it's also a great starting point if somebody's looking for future events that they might want to tour at and get some adventures in, then you know, we've got chunks of the first hundred park runs. Um, I think we're gonna have to make another video because we've got another 50 events since then so hopefully by the end of this year we might reach that magic 200 mark and we can release a second video look forward to it 
We are very excited to introduce you to our ED of the week, Liv Coop. Liv is from Queensland. She's the event director at Sirama Parkrun. Hello, Liv. Hi. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Mel. Excellent. Now, the question that is on everybody's mind, Sirame Park Run, what is the course like? Well, I'm going to be biased, but I just think it's a beautiful course. It's out and back, so lots of opportunities for high-fiving. The terrain is mostly grass. There's some dirt and gravel, though, as well, so um, it's definitely a trail run. It's not a path. There's no concrete or anything like that. Um, lots of hills, nothing too extreme, but you're pretty much going either up or down um, and there aren't many flat bits. You do start and finish on a flat bit, but other than that, that's about it. I love it because you actually start on the hill where you gather, like where our gathering area is, and you can, the way we've designed the course is you can see runners going across the back behind the grapevines of the, the winery. So it's just, it looks really cool. When, when we had our trial, it was just awesome. We just loved it. So it's just the location it's just beautiful it really is okay so you you did mention a key word in there winery so was that part of the factor behind choosing the location well yeah we needed another park run in the redlands area so um because we're expanding so much now park runs uh obviously it's very popular as you can understand why but um yeah to have one out sort of that way between us and logan um you know between sort of cleveland and Capalabar and Logan was a prime opportunity. And then when someone mentioned that, yeah, Sirame is ready to go, we were like, oh, why could you not? It's a no-brainer, really. They're two of my favourite things. There's wine and parkrun. So, you know, it's, it's just a no-brainer for us. So, yeah. And the fact that it's a trail run, I think, because all of our in this area are all, you know, concrete or boardwalk paths, um, there's a whole other running community out there that is trail running and that's all they run is trails. So we're sort of tapping into another community, another running community out there and providing them, you know, to be able to come along and get addicted like the rest of us. Fantastic. It sounds really exciting. Can't wait to get out to that one. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'm curious. So you're actually, you're running through the winery, you're running through the vineyards? Yes, we are. They're pretty much run right alongside of um, one of the great vines. Like Cirame Winery, they actually grow most of their white grapes on the granite belt but they do have some there and then it's all produced at this winery so they produce the wine there but yeah they do have some grape vines there that we run past so was there a challenge to get permission from the owners of the winery to allow 300 runners each saturday morning winery (laughs) (laughs) stop and stop and sample some of their goods yeah well uh, i mean we've got restrictions in what we can do because it's not public property like you can't go and do a freedom run there so don't just show up and say I want to do a freedom run of Sirame Park Run you can't do that it's private property so you know they do have stipulations we can't have dogs so you can't bring a dog on a leash as you do with most other park runs we can't do that and you aren't allowed to bring any food onto the property because obviously they sell food um yeah other than drink bottles like you know your water bottle you can bring on obviously but yeah other than that so there was a few stipulations that you don't normally get with a park run when you start one up but otherwise, yeah, they've been really helpful. Like Alex, the um, operations manager there, he literally drove us around like when we first looked into it and he chucked us in the ute and drove us around the whole property and said, you know, helping us trying to map out a course. So they've been awesome. Really, really happy with them. I've got to admit, it sounds interesting. I'm going to add it to my must-do list. I think a lot of people will actually. I think this one will be a tourist one. 
it'll be interesting to see because a lot of park runs, you know, they have their home core runners that stick to their home park run and, you know, you build that community within that. So it'll be interesting to see. I think we'll get a lot of tourists in this one, particularly because, you know, most of Brisbane will, it's easy, you know, to get around Brisbane park runs. So I think we'll get a lot of tourists visiting. You've also got an interesting story around how you funded this one. Was there an extra effort involved to get the funding to get this park run up and going? Because maybe a lot of the park runners don't know. I'm sure most do. Park run is free, but we still need to raise funds to help support the website and stuff like that. So how did you go about it for Siramay? We were lucky actually because the, the round of funding was due, like applications for the council. Our council is quite supportive of you know community uh, um, grants and you know supporting community programs. So because there's nothing out at Mount Cotton where Sirame is, it was a good opportunity for them to obviously get involved as far as tourism goes for Mount Cotton and just boosting the local, um, you know, I guess the local, local knowledge that, you know, that, yeah, this is here, you know, we're here, this is Mount Cotton and sort of putting them on the map. So, um, yeah, we were lucky that we got an actual um, support program support grant I applied for that one which is just a matter of you know the council supplies all of the paperwork and you just fill it in and um, I think people are a little bit bamboozled by that the thought of having to fill out grant application forms and all of that but honestly you know if you have any problems the the support network within Parkrun is amazing so you know you just ask an ED or they send you you know your territory director send you you know, other grant applications so you can, you know, work on the wording and tailor it to yours. But, yeah, it's just a matter of filling out the forms and then obviously providing all the information that they require and, yeah, making it sound awesome, that we're going to be awesome, which we are. And, um, yeah, and then they give you your money, so it's awesome. <laughs> but we got we were lucky, actually, because they end up giving us $5,500 to get started. So, um, and then we also had a little drive um, through the Wynnum Twilight Bay run, we thought to do a bit of a fundraiser to help as well with the extra equipment and whatnot that we might need. Um, we did a drink station so and we did a neon theme. So we ended up being right at the finish line. So we were all, you know, the runners as they finished literally came to us and we were like, yeah, all out there, bright neon and cheering and we had signs and it was it was a really good day, really fun day. And that was just all park runners, our local park runners that come along to Cleveland and Wynnum and Logan and, yeah, Kapalabar. We all just pitched in and spent a good few hours there cheering on runners and handing out drink bottles. And they had, like, when you finish the run, the actual participants then get an email and they get the opportunity to vote for um, their favourite cheer station. And we were voted number one. So we got $1,300 just from having an aid station at a running event as well. So that. That went to you know starting up Cirame, so we didn't really have that many problems getting the money. It was good. So, Liv, you're known in parkrun circles for your wonderful cakes. I understand you make cupcakes for all your fifty and hundred club milestone members, and also anniversary cakes. Can we expect to hear news and see pictures on Facebook about uh, a launch cake this weekend? You know what. Someone else has asked me this question and I just, because of the time of year, and I literally got back from holidays just yesterday, I just haven't even had time. I, I actually don't think I'm going to have time to have a launch cake and we're going to be having that many people. I don't know if I could make one big enough, to be honest. So, yeah, but I do for Cleveland, I do our 50 runners. When they reach 50, I do. It's just a cupcake with a bit of grass on top, you know, and 
it's just something little that I make a little park run flag just to say, you know, well done. So after 50 park runs, I think you deserve a cake. You said you, it's just a cupcake with a bit of grass on top. How does that go oh. down? <laughs> Sorry, not actual grass. It's coconut colour green. So I do chocolate frosting, which makes it look like dirt, and then do grass on top. with, And then I do a red 50 over the top. So the grass is actually just green coconut, shredded coconut, and it's sprinkled on top. And then I just print out a little flag on a toothpick and stick it in. So it looks like a little uh, so, so human yeah. edible, not not made from the actual course or anything like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that's what it looks like. It looks like grass. So, yeah. It's just something different awesome. than I do. I like doing Yeah. Making every other event very jealous that they're not doing their 50th <laughs> Cleveland because I didn't get a cupcake for my 50th. <laughs> but other events do some really out there stuff though too for theirs with balloons and all sorts of stuff so I think it just depends on the ED and you know they use their strength I'm really good at making cakes so that's what I do you know it's just whereas other EDs are better at other things so they do other things for their runners you know thanks very much Liv good luck for the launch on Saturday have you got an outfit planned oh I see I haven't even thought of that no it will probably involve tutus I'm a big fan of tutus so I might wear a tutu be a bit out there you won't miss me trust me okay good luck with it thanks for joining us on our very first Meet the ED segment. No worries. Thanks, guys. He is the head honcho of Parkrun Australia, and his name is Mr. Tim Oberg. Hi, Mel. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hi, Tim. Thanks for joining us. We're going to make this a regular monthly thing, so thanks for giving us your time. The idea is that Parkrunners get access to numero uno, being you, where they can ask you any question that they want answered. Being our oh, first well, e- I'm ready. Yeah, being our first episode and we don't have any listeners yet, Mel and, <laughs> I, Mel and I are going to ask you the first questions. One thing that I know you were involved in right. late last year, you had a little bit of a trip to the US. That was based on the fact that uh, Parkrun in the US needs a little bit of a kick along. Can you give us some info about what happened on your trip and what are the plans for Parkrun in America? over the next year? Absolutely. Well, it's no secret that parkrun in the US hasn't taken off the way that it has in other countries, namely Australia, UK, South Africa, uh, New Zealand, etc. Um, and we were wondering why. And uh, it, it had, I guess, the, the UK team were managing it remotely. Uh, and we thought we, we needed to get on the ground over there. And um, I, I guess because I was the first person to really set up a parkrun country outside of the UK from scratch, uh, then it was it was deemed by the powers that be that I would be val- uh, valuable on that trip. So I was asked to, to go over to the US and it was myself, uh, the CEO of parkrun, Nick Pearson, uh, the founder of parkrun, Paul Sinton Hewitt, and the the UK country manager, Tom Williams. So it was the four of us in San Francisco uh, and we were meeting with, uh, one, amongst other things, we met with Strava, who are based there, and uh, one of our global partners, global technology partners. And Scott, I know you're a big Strava man. Uh, Mel, are you on Strava? I am, but I only dabble. Okay, you only dabble. Well, that's more than I do at this stage. But um, anyway, we met with, met with Strava, and then I met with the, the local uh, Chrissy Field parkrun team. And I, I guess we'd identified those guys as people 
people wanted to talk to because they have the ultimate parkrun location. It's basically the, the park that runs in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. So it's the, arguably the most iconic parkrun location we've got out of all 700 events. Um, and so we, we met, met with them and, and they're a really cool young team. They're all working in sort of techie type industries one of the one of the team works at Facebook for example um, and uh, you yeah, know just talking to them about what's going on and, and they, they would be getting sort of 50 people a week of which 45 were tourists and trying to understand why the locals weren't getting involved in, and so on so you know we're now we're now working with them to try and grow that event and to use it as a bit of a case study as to how we can look to build parkrun in the US and but make no mistake I mean parkrun will end up being a big deal in, in the US, just the way it has in, in these other countries that I mentioned earlier. We, we've just got to get the formula right. And uh, certainly I'm very excited about um, you know, playing a small part, I guess, in seeing that growth. And, and already we'll, we'll see that uh, this Saturday being the 9th of January is the launch of uh, Park Run in Washington, DC. So another iconic American in city uh, getting an event and I think as we as we sort of grow park run in these big American cities that's that's really going to be the key is getting these iconic locations where there's going to be a lot of expats and also a lot of tourists and then and then we, we look to I guess spread the word amongst the locals as well so watch this space but it's going to be very exciting. So are you looking to expand in specific areas in the US? Yeah I mean uh, we've identified California as being a state that we feel would be worth targeting because it's a large state. It's a, it's a, from a from a, a lifestyle perspective. We think it works for parkrun in, in that there's a, a good portion of California has has good weather for most of the year. Um, it's got the perception of being an active state, um, and and I think I think one of the things that we've noticed in, in terms of trying to gain traction with sponsors in the US is that a lot of them only are interested in in their their states. Each state in the US is. Like its own mini economy, um, with its own taxes, its own laws, and a lot of businesses that only really operate within the state boundaries. So, so we're going to really look to focus on, uh, I guess, a state by state approach rather than attacking the whole country at once. Uh, in, in saying that, though, of course, if other cities come online, you know, Washington DC, as I mentioned, which is on completely the other side of the country, um, you know, we're certainly going to support that. But yeah, we're, we're certainly going to look to work uh, with Strava. I mentioned Strava earlier, like so, so they're based in, in California. So we're going to look to work with Strava and come up with innovative ways we can look to grow parkrun, perhaps through using some of the, the info and data that Strava have recorded over their, uh, over their time to work out where we should be putting park runs and potentially people who can be involved. Sounds like a lot of fantastic opportunities for park run adventurers to get a little bit of international tourism in to me. Well, there's no doubt about that, Ellen. It's, it's obviously one of the things that we love about park run and it's obviously why we're here on this podcast is, is the opportunities that we have within the park run family to connect uh, both, I guess, uh, digitally through the, through, through the chatter that we have on, on social media and whatnot, but also the opportunity to go and actually run in these fantastic places. And certainly I was super excited and felt super lucky to be able to go to Chrissy Field and have a run there in California and, uh, and, and you know, enjoy, enjoy all that San Francisco had to offer. Okay, how about we bring it back to Australia? Mm -hmm. What are the plans for Parkrun Australia growth for 2016? Are we targeting a certain amount of events to launch this year? Are we targeting recruiting more runners, members to Parkrun Australia? What are the plans? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one, Scott, because uh, you, as you would know, we've never really had 
specific targets in terms of wanting to be a certain size or, or whatnot. Um, you know, the strategy's always been to grow organically, not invest in marketing and so on and, and let that all happen. Uh, and that, to a point, that's still the plan. Like, I, you know, I can tell you now that we will, will without without even trying, we'll launch another 50, 50 events this year. Um, and if we do actually have some targets, I guess, in terms of event numbers or, or, or where we want to put certain events, then that, that number will, will increase. Um, as it stands right now, I'm probably getting 15 new event requests per week. Uh, in terms of new new locations for parkrun, of, of which only a small percentage of them ever go to the next stage, which is you know seriously looking at setting up. You know, I think a lot of people get a get a great idea after a couple of wines on a Saturday night that they want to set up a parkrun, and, and they send me an email, and that's fine. Um, and but it, as, as both of you would know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. So um, yeah, so a percentage of them obviously go on to become events, but the bulk of them don't. But um, yeah, so there's 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 no doubt that. You know, we'll launch another 50. We launched 50 last year. We'll launch another 50 this year without without too much um, effort. Um, however, I think what we'll find as, as Parkrun gets bigger and bigger is we'll look to have additional growth strategies outside of the organic growth. And, and what I mean by that is we might look to target certain areas where there's certain demographics of people or, or you know, areas that are... I guess uh, uh, targeted by governments as areas that may need something like parkrun, and I guess what I'm saying is a government might say, "Look, we've got areas of low socioeconomic, uh, I guess demographics where where they think parkrun would be would be useful and successful, and then we would work with um, you know local governments to do that." So, so I probably haven't really answered your question there, but I think we'll launch at least fifty, uh, if and and. 50 plus would be the answer in terms of event, events um, and in terms of registrations uh, at the moment we're growing at about two and a half thousand a week um, by the end of the year we'll probably be growing at about three and a half to four thousand per week uh, so you know do the maths on that but we'll probably go close to being on half a million registered runners by the end of this year I would think so probably, probably, maybe not half a man, probably 400,000 by the end of this year. You know, we're currently on 260,000, so 260-something-thousand. So, so that's, that's where we will get to, I'd say, this year. So, Tim, to bring it back to, um, you mentioned you would receive about 15 emails a week for, from people who want to start up an event. If somebody wanted to start their own parkrun, what do they need to do exactly? Yeah, so the process mail is that um, on on the on the parkrun.com website there's a, a button for uh, start your own event and uh, and that, that basically gives you a form that you fill in uh, and it asks you for you know name location and, and some details that you might have um, when that gets filled in it comes to me uh, and then I'll respond with a, an email with with much more detail as to what's involved and uh, I guess things like that they need to contact council and get a course and, and what are the parkrun requirements for a course and, and so on and so forth. So, and it's, it's at that point that I think we do lose a few people because, um, you know, it does go to show that there's a fair bit of work involved in, in setting an event up. It's not just, um, you know, the glamour of turning up on a Saturday and, you know, 100 people chanting your name ready for parkrun. So, um, so, but yeah, that's how, that's how it all works. Basically, use the online form. That comes to me. I then get 
back to you with with the details and, and we go from there and and certainly um as as we are growing i, I would think that our our system for setting up new events is becoming more and more supportive with uh, the territory directors that we have based all over the country who are there to help people locally in the trenches getting things set up it's it doesn't just sort of come down to me here and, and in my office trying to get it done. So, um, so yeah, this it, it, it does require a lot of work. So if anyone out there listening is thinking of setting up an event, there's a lot of work involved, but I think everyone would have, who's, who's been through the process would also agree that it's uh, a highly rewarding, uh, I guess, thing to do. Hey, Mel, has anybody ever chanted your name on a Saturday morning? Um, certainly not hundreds of them, Scott. No. I Yeah, I did pick up on that when Tim mentioned... Um, Obviously, I've, I've missed out there. I, I don't know what I've done wrong. Yep, I missed out on that too. <laughs> it was my meta. It's my metaphor for the glory of being an event director. That's, okay, that's what I was referring to. <laughs> it certainly is very glorious. I do have to say that. Let's wrap it up. Are you are you enjoying being back involved with an event team now that you've got a home run at Early Beach, basically at your doorstep? How have you found that yeah, experience? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's really the first time I've ever done this because even when we launched Main Beach Park Run, you know, way back in April 2011, I launched that event with an event director and run directors. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, I was never a run director at that event. I, I think there were times I did run direct, but I was never an official run director. And so, really, um, I've probably learnt more in the last uh, month about run directing than I have uh you know in the four years four and a half years previous and i'm really i'm really enjoying it um i'm not going to be a regular run director here at early beach anyway uh but i'm doing it now because the event's in its infancy and we're still growing it but certainly the long-term vision is not for me to be run directing every second saturday it's you know the community here needs to take ownership of the event just like they do everywhere else um and then i'll be able to i guess drift back behind the scenes and uh, and be doing what I do, you know, visiting other events and and, and and just having a run as well. So, but I must say, I was I was pretty stoked because uh, uh, I did get my twenty five club email a couple of weeks back. Uh, you know, it's funny that I have actually officially volunteered. Yes, thank you, thank you. No, I, I had actually to reach. Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, in the in the first couple of years of Parkrun, I volunteered almost every week. But it was, you know, it was never on the roster. I was overseeing event launches and and, and whatnot. So now that I've officially volunteered twenty five times, I, I feel happy, you know proud to be part of that illustrious club. Um, but yeah, the the event here is going really well, and um, I, I'm I'm thrilled to be helping out, and I'm really enjoying it. But certainly, uh, you know, the long term vision isn't for me to to be doing it every week. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for giving us your time. We're going to do this once a month. I'm available and uh, I'm excited that uh, Parkrun's back on the air with uh, the Parkrun Adventures and it's a great concept and certainly the, the Parkrun tourism is, is something that I love personally and certainly uh, endorse for everyone to get, to get involved in and obviously the, the number one Parkrun tourism loop now is the Whitsunday, the, the Whitsunday double, Hamilton Island and Early Beach. So I look forward to seeing everyone up here at some point in the future. Very exciting. Okay, thanks, Tim. So if you want to put a question to Tim, get in contact with us through email or a Facebook message. We'll get them together and fire them at you next month. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Mel. Okay, so now for what we're going to try and introduce as a regular feature to our show, we're going to set you in a little parkrun adventure. 
for you to take part in. This week, one of the best parts about Parkrun is getting to know people that you've never met before, who then become lifelong friends. So this week, we want you to go up and introduce yourself to the run director or the event director at your park run on Saturday morning. Perhaps thank them. Yes, thank your event director or run director for bringing you your free weekly timed five-kilometer park run fix. They do an awesome job and there is not enough gratitude out there for the work that our volunteers do. In fact, give all the volunteers a high five. That's a good mini adventure as well. But to prove that you've thanked them, make sure you grab a photo with them. You can either post it on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you use the hashtag ParkRunAdventurers or tag us in your post so we can see it and we can check out who's been getting to know their event directors and run directors during the week. Good idea. One other awesome aspect of Parkrun is volunteering. Mel, explain to me what volunteering is. Okay, Scott. So volunteering is when somebody volunteers at an event, a Parkrun event that is not their home Parkrun. So, for example, one and probably the leader in volunteering is a Parkrunner named Gary Nisbet. And Gary has got the record for volunteering at the most events in Australia. So he has travelled around to many events that he has run previously. Um, he's, he's way up there on the most events list as well. But the wonderful thing about Gary is that he went back to many of those events and to show his gratitude and thank them for putting on such a wonderful event, he has volunteered for them. So he has travelled away from his home park run and volunteered for the park run that he has visited. So that's what volunteering is all about. Gary, you are awesome. You know that. Everybody loves you. So that's what volunteering is. Even though we've never actually done a podcast, Mel, we actually have our first email, courtesy of Jez over in Western Australia. Jez wrote to us and informed us about the wonderful Abdul Rayouf Muhammad Issa. Abdul on the weekend became the parkrun statesman for Western Australia. Mel, do you know what a parkrun statesman is? I do. That's um, a parkrunner that has completed every event in a given state or territory in Australia, isn't it, Scott? It is correct. Coined out of the parkrun show AU version that was hosted by Robbo and Russ. Did an awesome job for a year. They came up with the term parkrun statesman. So Abdul is now a parkrun statesman for WA. He has done all 17 WA parkruns. But he has also volunteered at every WA park run, which makes him so, legendary. a volunteer statesman. Yes. Now, hard thing to do. I don't think there would be many in Australia. Certainly not. I mean, we've got, well, he's got 17 events to get around. So that's a fair chunk of his year that he has spent traveling to other events and volunteering, which is just awesome. But when you think about other states as well, Queensland has, you know, more than 50 park runs and so it wouldn't be very easy to do, certainly not in this state. However, if you lived in Tasmania, for example, or the ACT or even the Northern Territory, the Northern Territory's only got one park run at the moment, it would be quite easy to become a statesman either of the normal variety or into a statesman. So that could be a good challenge. In fact, I, I think it would be a great challenge to become a statesman in the volunteering at Queensland. Yep. Almost impossible. 
It is with the rate launches we're having at the moment, I think. Yeah. I don't think we've got a Queensland statesman. Do you know anybody who's close? Uh, I believe Alan and Rasheen um, were statesmen in Queensland as recently as mid last year. Um, they, they, I know they travelled to the Maribara launch to maintain their statesmanship. However, some events have launched, obviously, in the far north Queensland at Airlie Beach and Hamilton Island, and I don't believe they've been to those yet. So, okay. So this week, where are we going? Where are the launches? Where is the cake? The cake, well, the cake is probably more likely to be at the anniversaries. Um, as we already heard from Liv Coop a little bit earlier, Serum A will be launching in Queensland on the 9th of January, which is this coming Saturday, uh, but there will not be cake at Serum A. However, being on a vineyard, I do believe there will be wine after breakfast, so that's worthwhile heading up to. Um, if you do want cake, however, you need to be in either Western Australia or Victoria because Pioneer and Shepparton are sharing their second birthdays this weekend and that I'm sure they're going to have cake. You've got to have cake at an anniversary, don't you, Scott? You do. Alan, who is the event director up at Shepparton, Alan and I share a very similar story. We started park running together out at the beautiful Highlands course in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Alan is not only celebrating his second anniversary at Shepparton, he's going to celebrate his 100th run this week. What a fantastic achievement, though. Two years and his 100th run as well. That's just awesome. Yeah. I wonder if he timed it to coincide with his anniversary, his own event. I'm oh, sure he did. I'm, I'm sure he did. Yeah. You, you get close enough to these things and you start thinking, hmm, I'll just move some numbers and some volunteering around and then all of a sudden you've got a nice round milestone achieved on a very appropriate date. So well done, Alan. You have to be particularly fantastic to have run 100 runs. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, Mel, for our very first episode. This is the episode where we're going to go back to, you know, once we've done 100 and, you know, 200 episodes of the Parkrun Adventures podcast. We'll go back. We'll listen to the first episode. We'll cringe. We we'll might, cringe a lot, We'll I think. cringe a lot. We might cry. Um, <laughs> but it's history. It's in the bank. Thanks for doing it. Parkrun's a big part Thanks. of our lives. We just wanted to make it more part of our lives. Um, so we hope we can contribute to making Parkrun a bigger part of everyone else's lives. And who doesn't need a parkrun fix by Tuesday? Seriously. Exactly. You know, that's days and days away from the last Saturday and days and days before the next Saturday. So so what you can do as our listeners is you can like us, you can review us on iTunes, you can share us. We have the uh, Facebook page, we have the Instagram page, we have a Twitter account. So look all that up, hashtag parkrunadventurers and hope you can join me next week. Oh, I think, I think we all need to come back, Scott, and do it all again. In the meantime, guys, enjoy your parkrun day. Have lots of parkrun adventures. We'll chat to you next week. Ready, ready.